Tuners. I'm Erin. I'm Victoria. I'm Hebeka. And this is Out of Tune. Wow, you guys. We're back for another episode, a special episode in America, at least. It's our 21st episode. Yay. Our podcast can legally drink. Cheers. 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 I already drank mine. LOL. What is We're it? all it was wine. <laughs> it was. Um yeah. now I have like maybe like a sip left. But nice. that's fine. We're just celebrating a tiny bit. Um I don't think we've ever actually like had a, a glass of anything next mm-hmm. to us for this. So this'll be fun. But in the spirit of 21, we thought we'd do that. Yay. But um, yeah, so today, this episode is our last episode of Black History Month. It's the last week that we'll be recording in Black History Month. So today, we thought we would focus um, on current Black voices, current Black musicians, um, and we've each picked one. And I don't think we've told each other who we've picked. Not really. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure we didn't pick the same person because I feel like no. that would be impossible. But yeah. Um, yeah. So does anyone like want to start or like should <laughs> I go or how do you want to do You can start. This? Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Let me get out my notes. Okay. So actually we've, we've sort of talked about this person or we've mentioned this person before. So I chose uh, Chichi Nwanoku who is the founder and artistic director of the Chinookay Orchestra, which we first heard about with the Canna Masons. And then we also kind of heard about with um, Joseph Ballone. Um, and I also think, no, I don't think so. I think it was just with Joseph Ballone where they've been playing his music. Um, and of course, just for a reminder for everyone, the Chinookay Orchestra is Europe's first classical orchestra that is made up of black majority black musicians and minority ethnic musicians um which is just amazing and and great but um I am focusing on Chichi Nwanoku I had to make sure I'm pronouncing her name correctly um but she is the professor of historical double bass studies at the Royal Academy of Music and She was also a founding member and principal bass player of the Orchestra of the Age of Enlightenment, and she held that position for 30 years, which is a really long time to, like, have a job, Um, but I love that, Um, (laughs) and she is of Nigerian and Irish descent, and she is the oldest of five children. Um, Her mother, Margaret, was disowned from her family for having an interracial relationship um and so she she was born in London Chichi was born in London but she like moved back or not moved back I should say but her father is from Nigeria and they moved the family to Nigeria and they lived there for I think a couple years and then by the time she was school age she went back to to London um or outside of London I should say um and her music education she started when she was seven years old Um, And she started playing piano. And this is what I found super interesting because she started playing the bass when she was a teenager. Hmm. Yeah. And after three years of playing, she got into the Royal Academy of Music. Okay. I feel like bassists can pull that off. (laughs) I think, yeah, I totally think so too. But also like, I just, that's astounding to me. I can't like imagine like picking up like I don't know the trombone and like practicing it for three years and be like yeah I'm good enough to be in the Royal Academy of Music. Several bassists who have like (laughs) in like a very short amount of time and they're like in the top position of whatever job like this is so true. Third bassist I've heard of who does this. (laughs) I've I've always heard of like cellists who have like converted to being like to playing bass. Yeah, and then they're able to like get into college Mm. on like for playing bass. I'm like, but you never really played bass. But this is from piano to bass. Like I feel like it's such a different huge jump. It's a huge jump, and like after three years, I just I I don't know. That's crazy to me. But also like Royal Academy of Music. It's not just like some like 
community college here it's like the school in England I don't know anyway it's amazing it is amazing and also she's like this like cute like she's like short she's not like super tall and she we're gonna hear something and hear hear her talk and she has like the like the most beautiful accent you guys are I I love I love British accents anyway um something else that I also wanted to mention about her was that she trained athletically as a or for like 100 meter sprint like a, she was a sprinter but she eventually had to stop due to a knee injury when she was 15 mm. and so I think that was kind of like a uh, on a turning point for her so to really focus on music and then to switch or to start double bass bass um and so her early experience studying at the royal academy was a little problematic um she was told that she wouldn't have a future career because she's playing a man's instrument ew isn't isn't that nasty yeah that's not cute i hate it it made me really angry um and then there was a there was a like a biography I was reading of her and there was something in there that they were saying that also something that was unspoken was that she was a black classical musician playing bass and a female like all like and obviously like to me there's no instrument that like is a man's instrument or a woman plays that instrument like it's just like anyone can play an instrument like Mm -hmm. So, but if you think about it, we do like it is not very common to find, right? That's true. Yeah. Base, and I think because of that, it creates um preconcept like a stereotype. stereotype. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. There's not like a instruments doesn't have gender. I mean, yeah. Anyway, I was very, I was very angry about that. Anyway, so she studied further. So she graduated and like she graduated and like won prizes like the, the print, I think they call it the principal's prize. And it was like for the most promising student at the Royal Academy of her graduating class. Um, and she actually even continued studying with different like performers after her graduation and uh, she then became England's like most sought after classical bassist um, and she played in multiple like premier orchestras um, and then I'm skipping a little bit but she just plays a lot like she's she's doing this orchestra and she's performing at this place and she's just doing she's playing a lot and like making her name known and in 2001 she was listed for being awarded uh, a member of the British Empire and her parents were able to be there for her investor, which I think is just so cute. And she was awarded for her services in music. And then 16 years later in 2017, she was made an officer of the order of the British Empire. So an OBE um, also for services to music. And after that, she was made an honorary fellow of the Royal Academy of Music and also the Trinity Laban Music Conservatory and the next thing I think it's the most recent thing that I was able to find that she was recognized for was in 2018 the BBC um had her as number nine um on the list of the world's most powerful women in music wow she's incredible you guys um and I think I don't know if I I think I said she's a the, she's the professor of historical base hmm. at the Royal Academy of Music so I found this video on YouTube where it like is showing her playing like a like I think it's a bass viol- violon. I'm not sure. She says it and she explains it, and I feel like I'm just gonna play and even like have her like up to where she's talking. It's really interesting. Um, so I'm gonna play that for you guys. <laughs>
Domenico Dragonetti was a virtuoso double bass soloist. He came from Venice and took the double bass possibility to, to greater heights. He met Beethoven, for example, and Haydn. And, and up until then, bass lines used to just be an echo of the cello line, you know, not an individual line. But when Dragonetti performed to Beethoven to show him what the double bass could do, suddenly uh, we were given individual, independent bass lines. This instrument was left to Prince Albert in Domenico Dragonetti's will in 1846. Before Dragonetti owned it, it was owned by the celebrated English bass singer Bartleman. It's wonderful to have even that little bit of lineage about the instrument, because quite often, these days, you only know very, very little. It made absolute sense for Dragonetti to leave it to Prince Albert, because he played on this instrument to him in a concert that was part of a series called the Concerts of Ancient Music that was directed by Prince Albert. It's a very curious instrument that doesn't really fit into any particular box. It clearly comes from the violin family, which is the very beautiful rounded shaped shoulders and the lower body. It's too big to be a cello, it's too small to be a double bass. The double bass family comes from the viol family, which predates the violin family. So the closest we could really call it is a bass de violon, i.e. a double bass, but from the violin family. How cool is that? So a little bit of a history lesson with a current black voice. That was cool. I liked her description of it. Yeah. And she plays it so, I mean, so beautifully. She so much does. And she also, like, even though the instrument is, like, a lot bigger than her, it doesn't seem to be bigger than her. It's not an issue, yeah. Yeah. And I also, I don't know, there is that, like, her, even her facial expression, like, it's super open and, like, bright and, mm -hmm. like, super joyful. I don't know. I love, I've loved watching her play. Um, so I also have something else that I want to play. So she also does a lot of chamber music um, and like playing with like a string quartet or um, playing in like a different kind of new music ensemble with like a violin, French horn and stuff. But I found a, <laughs> I found a recording of the Schubert Trout Quintet, which is usually played with two cellos. And she plays, she like is, she plays, I think I'm pretty sure the second cello part um, on the bass, which is really it sounds really cool. Um, so I'm going to play a little bit of that too. Also, um, I just realized I said that was two cellos. It's the piano quintet. That's what I meant. 
is Chichi Monoku. Um, I'm really inspired by She's her. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, doesn't that just kind of round out the sound in that piece? Mm-hmm. Like it's super like there's like this huge like depth now to the sound. Yeah, it is cool. I mean, let's normalize like basses playing in in chamber music. I, I don't. I've played like yeah. one piece and it's Dvorak's quintet. Mm-hmm. Not Dvorak. Yeah. No. I don't know. I, man. I recently played a trio with a flute and a bass, and it was really nice. It's just it's so just an instrument that we're we're not really used to play with i I feel that we as we are uh, violinists but it it's really nice yeah okay yeah i did yeah i played in a divorce i just had to double check to see if it was divorce it was so long ago but yeah the only time i've ever played with a double bass is in divorce or like orchestra like but i don't i'm not like interacting with them as much um but yeah so that is chichi um Anyone well, else want to go? I think, think I can go next because <laughs> um, I actually wanted to talk a little bit about the Chiniki Orchestra because <gasps> the composer that I'm going to be talking about is also related to this orchestra. Oh, so, okay. Um, the Chiniki uh, Foundation was created in 2015 and their main goal is to provide career opportunities to establish up and black and ethnically diverse classical musicians in the UK and Europe Mm -hmm. so I guess that we already knew because we we heard about this orchestra previously in other episodes if you don't, if you didn't, don't know, you can go check it out. <laughs> um, so it is very interesting. The first time that we talked about this orchestra was with the Kenny Mason family, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have a motto, and it's championing change and celebrating diversity in classical music. I just wanted to take a moment to, yeah. Yeah, resonate that. How cool is that? But at the same time, why not common? Yeah, I don't know. Why I've... is it something so cool that we have to say, wow, this is really nice because or because it's new, because or whatever reason. Like that should that should be that should be the normal, right? Yeah. Um I think we should have uh, even more and if we should we should probably see more and more of this or these ideas in the coming years i hope i hope so too um but yeah so they are trying to they they're aiming to ch- um the diversity within the industry of the music classical music by increasing the representation of black and ethnically diverse musicians um they also not only um, not only the group uh, is diverse, but also they perform a mixture of standard and orchestral repertoire, alongside with or works of black and other composers, both past and present. Hmm. So one of these composers, uh, his name is James Wilson. James Bill B. Wilson. I couldn't find much information about him online, but he does have a website, which is really nice. He is an award-winning composer of contemporary classical music based in Bedfordshire, England. Hmm. Bedfordshire? Yeah, Bedfordshire. I would say Bedfordshire. <laughs> he studied with his scholarship at Royal Academy of Music. Oh my gosh, everyone um, seems to study there. <laughs> I know, the right? I mean, I don't know anyone that lives in England that didn't study there so far. Yeah, it's like the place to be, apparently. Gotta get myself over right. there. <laughs> his output is influenced by stories of our time and the work of many composers and artists. So he is basically driven by i i believe the that we had on school like 
the canon that we know, but also um, poetry, which is uh, his compositions range from very intimate music for soloists and duets to immersive electronic pieces. Interesting. Um, ensemble music and or works for orchestra. He also has a uh, large number of pieces for qu choir or for solo voice um, with also concert um, concertos and also th um, with some theater influence. That is, which I find very interesting how he just, um, he has a, a bit of um, everything. He, he also won a number of awards and it, like, a lot. I'm just going to say like uh, the Royal Philharmonic Society Composer Award, but in his website, you can check. There's like a list. And he worked with many leading musicians, including Benjamin Grosvenor, uh, members and members of the symphony orchestra. And one of the reasons that I am I choose him is because the Archinic Orchestra, or <laughs> um, they played one of his pieces, and I would like to play guys actually victoria it's gonna play <laughs> thank you victoria of course and it's called remnants for poet and orchestra <laughs> Wow, that's intense. <laughs> I, I feel like when I first heard, I had a lot of uh, movie mm -hmm. uh, trailer or movie fumes. Um, yeah. Totally, I get that vibe too. What was very interesting as well in that video, we could see Chichi playing bass. Oh yeah, because I, I mean, didn't know that. Yeah, she's right there. She's like principal i mean I, yeah she plays principal yeah. bass and she should i mean like she founded that orchestra so um amazing i'm gonna have well, to put him in my like mind and have to you know be on the lookout for him yes definitely just to finish um the chinike section i just would like to invite you guys to check out uh, their website they have coming up events if you're listening this on Saturday, tomorrow, Sunday, February 28th, they their um, chamber ensemble and they are going to be performing books by black composers. They're going to be performing Courage, Taylor, Perkinson, Florence Price and a lot others. Many you can check it out if you if you're interested. Wow. Yeah. Love Florence Price too. <laughs> um, they're uh, this orchestra now. <laughs> awesome! Thank you, Rebecca. That was wonderful. Mm -hmm. All right, and for our last person, um, since we've all talked about different like performers, 
a composer, and now we're on to a conductor. Oh, wow. We really did so good with this, didn't we? <laughs> wow. You guys, this wasn't planned. <laughs> um, we're just perfect, you know. It's just, it's really hard to be this perfect. What can we say? Oh, I know. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> so I immediately, when we were talking about this, I immediately thought about Roger Cox because I'm from Wisconsin and I went to school my Minnesota so <laughs> I always am up to date with the Minnesota Orchestra and Roger Cox I know him from being the associate conductor of the Minnesota Orchestra so he's just he's super young too if you look at his website like oh my god also he could totally be a model just look up look up his website everything looks good it's very professional and he's very young so it's fun oh to gosh. see wow <laughs> i will definitely be looking him up later yeah. <laughs> all right well he was well a lot of people also in the minnesota orchestra tend to be super young which maybe is why i like them so much and i find them to be so cool it's like they're either really old or really young all right <laughs> so anyway i feel like that's like a lot of major orchestras right now yeah. though like people are retiring or in some cases like passing away because it's very well known that people will stay mm -hmm. in the orchestra until they die yeah but then like there's like some like young person like amidst like the the balds or like gray hair people <laughs> yes. i follow them probably a little too closely <laughs> and they're probably like 20 yeah it's not like, it's not like they're 40 or like an no amazing. it's like they're either like old or young like fresh out yeah. of like a degree <laughs> one of the assistant concert masters of Menorque is like freaking 22 or something she beat out um one of my favorite absolute favorite people Natsuki Kumagai who I follow incessantly on Instagram who I don't know who you're talking about well honestly we'll probably talk about her someday because she's just great <laughs> I only know from from Minnesota orchestras like Erin Keefe like uh -huh. the, I know her she's a concert master mm -hmm. anyway we're getting on a tangent I'm so yeah sorry. we are <laughs> <laughs> welcome to out of tune this is what we do <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> Roger Cox was born in Macon Georgia mm. and honestly he's had a very like normal career I feel like well not normal but like very like straightforward um he graduated from the schwab school of music at columbia state university and then earned his master's in conducting at northwestern university in 2011 oh my gosh sorry <laughs> i have some friends who go to schwab oh <laughs> schwab i mean i've heard schwab and schwab i've always oh. said schwab so i don't uh, that's not me correcting you <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> anyway sorry go ahead <laughs> graduating he was the assistant conductor of the alabama symphony and the conductor of the alabama youth symphony orchestra so like right off the bat the the dude's just going hard southern boy like yes yeah. in 2015 he became the assistant conductor of the minnesota orchestra and he is now the associate conductor wow and in 2018, he won the Sir Solti Conducting Award, which is a competition, an international competition held by the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. It's a pretty big deal, actually, I think. Um, yeah, but also what he has coming up that obviously, like, because of COVID, conducting has uh, become more of a difficult and tricky career. But he does have a film coming out this summer they're working on editing it right now i think they finished filming it's called conducting life and it's a film based around uh Robert cox's upbringing and his musical career so that'll be premiering in summer of 21 i think it's just streaming mm. but i'll probably watch it it seems yeah cool. i want to watch it now and something he also does, and I think he's been, it seems like he's been working a lot on this film right now during COVID. And then also on his Roger Cox, Roger Cox Music Initiative, which is scholarships granted for three years to underserved youth of color in the Twin Cities who show a potential for musical success. Um, oh. Yeah, which is just 
nice to see him giving back in almost in a way that's so like he's just a dude with a like he's just a he's a conductor he's a normal guy he's a normal guy but he's just giving back like out of the goodness of his heart Mm. and it's cool because he's doing it in the local area Mm. i don't know um and over thirty-five thousand dollars has been granted in 2020 and 2021 and there are currently seven scholarship recipients wow yeah i like that i love that too yeah and again upcoming uh performances that he had he was going to do the barber of seville at the met and the san francisco opera the ones at the met have been canceled because of covid but on his website the san francisco opera still seems to be like happening for now i'm assuming they're just gonna like record it or something Mm. and he also had performances lined up with the washington national opera that have been canceled due to covid Mm. but like even if even though they were canceled that's still huge to conduct with the met agreed cool stuff i don't know i just remembered him from like just seeing him perform and stuff and i always like knew his name so oh yeah that's amazing yeah cool oh my gosh <laughs> amazing yeah i don't have any i don't have any recordings because you know he's... i mean conductor yeah that makes <laughs> here's so... a recording of him conducting that you can't hear <laughs> by john cage <laughs> could you imagine um we should do our own performance of 433 oh stop on the podcast yes. <laughs> it's just hard to podcast like really that you know funny. wouldn't that be hysterical he's really good actually we should do that i just right. have an idea right now okay so should we plan for next episode we okay. just start starting so if off you're listening the month of march right, right. <laughs> march madness but john cage madness <laughs> oh my gosh we should that'd be funny that would be good all right, I'm ready. Okay, we'll do it. I can like put we can put like a timer on or something. And be like, okay, now here we are, the out of tune podcast performing. Four minutes and thirty three oh, seconds. I don't know oh, why that's so funny could, to me. We could like, or should we save it for like an April Fool's episode? We're giving it away, but. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but also, couldn't we like legitimately send this into like some competition, like? first time 433 has been performed on zoom <laughs> on a podcast yeah mm, yeah <laughs> kind of funny but it could also be kind of like we'll talk yeah. i like this idea though yeah. <laughs> it's really funny oh, you can wait for something you guys mm. stay tuned <laughs> stay tuned sorry oh. i'm sorry sometimes i with the with the tune puns it really i'm sorry um <laughs> i apologize um Okay, so wow, you guys, we I guess are kind of officially done with our Black History Aww. Month segment, which is kind of sad. I really, yes, I really love. I had so much. Me too. I really yeah, loved like searching. learning about yeah, and like learning about you know people's voices and and music that I had not heard about before. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure. I mean, I think we we all are in agreement that we're going to make more of an effort to be more informed. Mm-hmm. and also to educate ourselves and that is the point of our podcast as well so this i mean we will definitely be doing more black artists and musicians and composers conductors in the future so it's convenient that there's a month i know it's just to. it's amazing that there's a month and there should be more than a month but anyways let's move on to the second half of our pod mm-hmm. and we were actually discussing today like I think Aaron was like so like are we what are we doing in the second half yeah what are we doing and I was like I don't know and then for some reason or I don't know also I guess we were we were finally able the three of us to play together I haven't like played music with like just the three of us ever literally Um, like literally never so like the out of tune podcast will be featured on some freaking like Bach piece that I, i'm not even going to explain right now um because it's too much and it would go down a rabbit hole and i feel like i wouldn't i can't even explain it but we are playing a piece together for our chamber orchestra and it's a bit i mean we were laughing the whole time so 
<laughs> literally just laughing it's kind of funny to look back like wow I mean it's so funny and I also like I think about like our coach and I feel like we're just like an anomaly like just like wow they're like really good friends okay how weird <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah um we I anyway so we were talking afterwards and we got on the subject of talking about like what we thought we were going to do as young kids when we like had decided like oh I'm gonna play the violin slash viola for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. like and and talking and like what did you think like what was like oh I'm gonna do this or oh and then like it would change to oh I want to do this now and it became like a super interesting topic and conversation and kind of cute like to look on like our past like little violin viola self like oh if only they knew you know (laughs) um so yeah I guess we could just kind of share what we thought just go for it I definitely thought I was gonna be in an orchestra yeah you can start too I think just a free-for-all well I definitely had a plan like at some point in my life I had a plan to which orchestra I wanted to go and wow I was practicing x and x excerpts and I'm going to be there for four years and then I'm going to go to this other orchestra and blah, 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 yada, yada. And of course, no, no, that happened. Curious. But yeah. it's crazy. Now that I look back, the plan to have to play in an orchestra was really crazy. I didn't know re- like real life at that moment. Yeah, I definitely had like the idea that I wanted to be in an orchestra and I think I gave up on that idea like in undergrad I was like no it's not gonna happen (laughs) it was also an undergrad for me like it's so much I don't know I don't have the I I don't have the 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 work ethic to art I don't know do you know what I mean yeah well I was in um it was right when I switched to viola that's when I was like well, okay, I wanted to do chamber music when I was a violinist, but then right when I switched to viola, I was like, and by chamber music, I meant quartet. Like, I wanted mm. to go to Jenny Burke and study with the Emerson Quartet. Mm. Like, that was it. That's all I wanted to do. But uh, when I switched to viola, then I was like, oh, I want to be in an orchestra. And I've been told Catherine, my current teacher, that. And I had talked to Molly, my last teacher at Eau Claire, about um being in an orchestra and she was she showed me a bunch of articles like about how hard it is yeah, and, and it is so hard uh, there's one about a percussionist who like in the bso i think a percussionist in the bso and it's like a little dramatic like we now sit in his empty apartment where he says he practices for 80 hours a day yeah all of his percussion instruments around him and it's like the guy had a year trial and then like got um he didn't pass the trial pretty much the moral of the story even though he committed his whole life to it but oh my god yeah and it's like he didn't even do anything wrong it was just like somehow he didn't fit with the Mm. other players and that's why even though he was like i don't understand what's wrong like there wasn't anything wrong but i think i've heard about this article maybe i feel like it's it's like yeah it's like ringing a bell yeah it just shows like even if you're like literally doing everything right you still might not be good for it you know yeah but I had had a plan to like audition for the orchestra now and the new world symphony like the two big oh right programs Hmm. but yeah um I decided not to long story short (laughs) lol (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I I still have like my dream and I still like the the chamber music dream that's still very much alive in myself like I feel like I've definitely I because like the first string quartet I ever played and I was nine years old and like you know that like that is such an impressionable like age Mm -hmm. like and it was so fun and so cool and like kids my age were like also doing it and understanding where I was coming from and I wasn't weird or you know what I mean like you just like fit in immediately with these kids and I still have that dream because yeah. chamber music is just like my absolute favorite um 
thing to do ever like more than solo music more than orchestra um but then I also had this dream and I think probably started around middle school because I got really into like movie soundtracks and specifically the Harry Potter soundtracks if I I mean if I'm telling the truth I have two of them (laughs) on vinyl um and yeah like I I still love them yeah and I I think it's because like one of my teachers or someone that my teacher knew was like he like recorded the fifth Harry Potter nice and I was like whoa how do you do that I want to do that and like I would still love to do that but I don't really think that that's in my like future like I don't see that I don't know like I don't know how to go about doing that you know what I mean you have to like get an agent and like you have to like you know audition at all of these different studios and I like how I it's so much money like right off the bat so I always wonder, like, how do you get to these places? How do you get to that chair? I want to be playing. I also like movies. It was always something that I had in the back of my head, like, wow, mm. that is so cool. I would love to play, yeah. to be, like, in the orchestra that played that soundtrack. I also remember but seeing, like, I'm... oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, but at the same time, it's just so so far I don't know. yeah like it seems like almost impossible to try and do but also I remember seeing a picture on like oh my gosh this is like in the back of my mind but it's a weird memory that I have like a picture on Facebook on like the violin channel or something mm-hmm. and it was like or maybe classic FM could have been I don't remember and um they're like the same thing anyway <laughs> um and it was like a picture of someone who was like sitting at like a stand in a recording studio for like the last lord of the rings or something like that and it was this like envelope like or like stamped thing that said like do not open like do not take pictures it was like the like it wasn't of the music but like like confident like confidential to studio or whatever and i was like oh can you imagine like technically like hearing the like hearing the movie and the music before actually even being able to see the movie that is cool like that's really nice that is so cool and like like when you take music out of a movie like that's that's not a movie like it's nothing Mm -hmm. so I had that dream for a while for sure it's a good dream I mean also I think part of it is just knowing the right people and being in the right place Mm -hmm. that's so true like my friend Sydney for, I met she was in my quartet at like Green Mountain and she did movie soundtracks a couple oh, times that's so cool and she was just like a college student like we're the same age mm. she's at Royal Academy now <laughs> lol <laughs> school of well, the year. <laughs> wow so she is like really really good but like you're also really really good but I think it's just that she, she lives in LA it's very convenient yeah that is very convenient I also had this dream. I feel like we've all had the same dreams, but like playing in a Broadway orchestra, that was definitely oh, middle school yeah. too. Like, yeah, come on. Like, again, that's also super hard. However, oh my gosh, you guys, I know the violinist who is on the national tour, like the string quartet of the national tour of Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Wow. Isn't that so cool? And I have almost thought sometimes, I'm like, should I just message him? Like, how did he get that job? Yeah. But then I never oh do God, it. <laughs> I never, do I never go through with it because I'm like, oh, I haven't talked to him in years. And like, I don't know. He's yeah. older than, like, he, like, it was one of those things where like, I was in a youth orchestra with him, but mm-hmm. I was like four years younger than him. And like, oh, we, God. like, he was like a friend, but like, like, I, like, but like, you know what I mean? Like, definitely like, yeah he was older than you know so that being said I've also like read articles about that like how do you get one of those because it was one of my of course one of my dreams too but and one of the answers was like you just have to be like number one good at sight reading number two like just know somebody yeah sit with them in the pit and just watch them Mm because all it is is remembering the music like you just have to play the same thing over and over again I've also heard it's like super useful to be on like the sub list for like a pit yes yeah yeah because then the moment someone drops out like you can just get fill that spot because mm-hmm. you oh. already know the music yeah yeah man I would still yes. but the thing is all of these things we're talking about I would still love to do right definitely me too I I played in uh, like for 
one opera one and it was so nice yeah. like the first time that i played in an opera i was like that's what i want to do mm-hmm. for my life <laughs> of course uh, but it's exactly like the same situation as the broadway yeah it's very hard to just get in and opera opera even more so i feel like i don't even like all the excerpts you have to know oh my god and it's actually really hard it's so hard like any mozart opera is like the hardest music i was just talking to gabriel about this actually today about um like uh, the second violin part of any mozart opera is like cardio for like three hours and you feel like your arm is gonna fall off because you're just like suspended like on the d and g string like doing filigree like arpeggios the entire time and it just makes you like you just want to like pull your arm off and just be like i can't i don't want to feel this like pain anymore god it sounds so sad (laughs) i remember in my undergrad we did cozy fontute and i was second violin oh i mean it's a great opera it was really fun like we like i feel like opera pit like you just it's a mess but it's uh, not a mess but like it's like a mess of people you know like it's like you just are like joking the entire time but my i have never felt so much pain in my life from those rehearsals and those performances like oh my gosh never again and i was just gonna say i did violin two on marriage of figaro and i remember see i did i did i did first violin on figaro and that That was so much easier (laughs) Ugh. Wow. You always like look over like this the second violin section is always like sweating. Like they're always like like just the it is so hard. Like the this fast like chord changes of arpeggios and I could talk about that all day. I think the hardest thing played for opera was um Wagner and it was for a gig, but it went so wrong because it was too too hard oh on the right of the valkyrs oh yeah wow i've never played any wagner thank god it is like (laughs) impossible it's It's also long it's extremely long exactly it's it's exactly what you said like your arms are uh, falling and you can't stop because you have to keep going imagine what the singers must feel like no, I don't but care. Isn't it funny that <laughs> Aaron? I don't care. <laughs> they don't sing on every song. <laughs> That's so true, though. It is true. Not saying that vocalists have it easy, but I mean, uh, I mean, maybe a little bit. <laughs> we play more notes. It... We definitely play more notes. <laughs> isn't it funny that we're just talking like about the dream jobs that we wanted to play, but we're just like, oh, this must be terrible. <laughs> literally oh my god also it is so fun like it's it's a rewarding experience Mm -hmm. that's true you work hard but it's also very rewarding yeah Yeah. i'm trying to think of any other dreams that i've had well you know i don't think i've oh sorry go ahead no 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 go go ahead go ahead i was just saying i don't think i've ever really had the dream of being a soloist Mm -mm. oh me neither (laughs) i think deep down i knew it was never a possibility (laughs) me too it's a lifestyle lifestyle choice and like (laughs) dedication that i don't i can't do i just can't do it also i'm so i have so many like stage rights or stage Mm. things i yeah it's not even a possible i mean i get nervous to play like a scale for scale exam (laughs) (laughs) like let alone like a concerto like you just get not that I'm scared but it's definitely like I get like yeah I'm like okay like I need to do well and like it's always like when you care the most or like when you want to do the best like you just get you get nervous mm-hmm. yes yeah wow this has been very fascinating to talk about because I mean no one talks like I feel like if when I was in middle school and I were to like go up to someone and be like you know what I want to play in movie soundtracks like it would sound so weird oh. <laughs> and to but then to learn like we all like we're thinking the same way yeah and then we all like just basically realize at one point like no it's not i mean 
not, not in the right area, not in the right location, don't know the right people, don't have the right amount of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the start of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally same. Um, love this, you guys. You know what my dream is right now? What? To be a podcaster. Oh, wow. I mean, one of the many. I, like, I definitely like want this podcast to continue, so... Yeah. Um, it's my like I said it's my passion project of my child and I'm so glad to be in this journey with you guys me too yeah I'm gonna cry stop (laughs) well it's not a baby anymore right it's not a baby it's 21 it's literally 21 I mean it's still our child (laughs) but it's literally 21 years old I mean not 21 years but like (laughs) 21 episodes yeah. <laughs> it can legally drink and that's all that matters yeah um wow can't wait for it to be like older than us like past like when it gets to like 25 so in three weeks <laughs> literally in like three to four weeks it's gonna be 25 oh my gosh that's funny well habeka hi victoria it's that time of the podcast where we ask you What's the Portuguese word of the day? Well, today I thought that we could celebrate. So today's word is celebrar. 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 Yes, really oh my good. Oh gosh. I love it when you send us the, se- the spelling. Celebrar. I screenshot it. I love celebrar. Also, I realized I haven't mentioned the tuning for last week or this week. Um, fun fact, it is a band. So last week was the concert band of the of uh, of Purdue University. And this Ooh. week is the wind ensemble of Purdue University. So we, nice. fun fact, people, bands tune to two different notes. They tune to an A and a B flat. Just for those listeners who are like, why were there two notes in the tuning? That's why. Cool. Never yeah. noticed. I, I, I think I noticed actually in like in high school. I, I remember going to a band concert, mm. and they tuned to an A and a B flat, and I went, <laughs> oh, that makes sense because there's B flat instruments. <laughs> right. right. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> but. Well, we're now at our favorite question of the day. How is your tuning this week? Um, I guess I can go. I'll start by talking about my actual like intonation on the viola. Oh my gosh! Wow, I'll talk about mine too. <laughs> it's been so long, right? But, but the violin, the violin. Sorry, not the viola. Okay. No, ew. whatever. I guess gross. Just kidding. <laughs> I love viola. I really do. Should I taste sarcasm? No, that wasn't that. That was complete. Like I was completely genuine. I do love viola. Um. Well, it wasn't like. It wasn't like great. Probably from Catherine's assessment, good mm. on the way up in my scales, bad on the way down. So I guess that's fair. Did you guys have a scale exam today? We didn't have an exam, so the way it works in viola land is everything's slightly more relaxed. So we got to pick our scale, and we just did major, melodic, harmonic, and then harmonic. Yeah, it's I don't think I've ever practiced a harmonic scale in my harmonic minor scale in my life. Well, it's Catherine's favorite. Wow, Catherine's favorite. Of course, of course, it is. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, and then major and minor arpeggios, and it was like, honestly, compared to like what I feel like it could have been, that was like nice, solid. Would do again, great. Ten out of ten. We recommend to a friend. Yeah, not as scary as I thought it would be. Nice. Um, overall, like life intonation, definitely better. Like I'm stressed, but things are better, so I'll give it seven out of ten. Okay. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. My violin intonation. I mean, I get the same comment. 
from from yeah. Liz every lesson and it's it's a little too sharp it's a little too high oh could be a little lower you know and apparently I can't fix it apparently I just can't I play everything sharp which is fine um my life intonation I would also say is better than last week Good. like Yay. you said it is so stressful like I'm completely overwhelmed Mm-hmm. with trying to fit two weeks of rehearsals into one since we were on hiatus online last the past two weeks and I would like some more understanding I think from the general people we deal with I guess <laughs> about like uh, this is a lot right now um, but I understand that that's not how life works all the time so um, yeah but I was able to you know have rehearsal with you guys today which is really I was looking forward to it all day and I was able to meet with my pianist for the first time today I was able to meet with my quintet for the first time this semester there was a lot of firsts today I had a really super busy day but it was good I was glad to see see some people and yeah um, I think we're all kind of happy to like be playing with each other but I think we're all still very hesitant and cautious of like is this gonna last like I feel like like we've been we've been betrayed and I think we don't want to feel that again you know yeah so I'm also gonna give it a seven out of ten yeah I totally relate to what you said Victoria because I also feel really happy to be back um and today was a great day I saw like all of you and we had rehearsal and we played together it's good yeah like we have been doing zoom rehearsals but it's not the same thing it's like literally not even close so great to be playing again together but also like victoria said um all this this whole situation is i just get anxious just being inside of a like I do too. A, a building just seeing people i get anxious yeah it's like this weird situation of like being really happy to see and like today we met um i met friends that are not playing with me but we just met by coincidence in the hall and we we're like hi so good to see you and but at the same time we're like yes good to see you good to know that you're fine but let's keep the distance like yeah we're still in the, in the a pandemic. lot of like air hugs <laughs> yeah yes. like just looking at each other and going like <laughs> like hug- hugging yourself <laughs> it's kind of funny but sad at the same time it's really weird wait Rebecca, how's so your think... violin intonation oh yes <laughs> well apparently my violin intonation is also very high <laughs> very like high pitch and I have been trying but it's very hard for me it's hard for me too I can't hear I can't hear it like I the way I hear it is the way I play it and it's too high apparently yeah I mean my my ear has been like this like for 24 years like it's hard to change all of a sudden I agree for my ear (laughs) (laughs) so i think i will also give a seven it was definitely this week definitely better i just realized because we're all sevens and seven times three is 21 (laughs) wow (laughs) i love patterns like that (laughs) that's a sign that's a sign from the universe (laughs) well i guess that brings us to the end of our pod Oh my gosh, 21st episode, crazy. Well, I know we have some very exciting things planned for the future for after our, after this uh, Black History Month series. We've been talking a lot and maybe you'll be hearing of four minutes and 33 seconds. Who knows? Um, (laughs) But as always, episodes go up every Saturday morning, definitely by 7 a.m. That's when we schedule it. And if it's not, please let us know. Um, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Tune Pod. And this has been Out uh, of 
tune thank you so much for listening <laughs> you're welcome oh my gosh that was so funny i was about to say on zoom i totally forgot that <laughs> no it's thank cute you. i love how it ended that way also i said you're welcome <laughs> like and i do listen so i guess it works that's funny but anyway it's it's late <laughs> we're all tired <laughs> But anyway, well, bye. bye.